What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me as always is Daniel Terry, who for the first time since we've had the intro music uh, added to this, uh, I can ask you, what do you think about that? It's so brutal, man. It is actually like disgustingly heavy, considering that like you you get the impression that like we only talk to people that like chainsawed babies in half or something, but uh, you know it's uh, it's just really really cool intro music. I mean, you can't turn it down. You guys came up with that. Can't turn it down. It's awesome. Yeah, it was funny when I hit up uh, Tom and toward the end of it, like the process of like this is what I'm thinking, kind of something like this, uh, and then you know he sent me another uh, version of the song or a, a version of a song, and then basically sent me what you hear unmixed and unmastered uh, version. And I was like, so you know, as I'm kind of getting everything all squared away to kind of go back through one of the old episodes that we had already done the intros for, I was like, so what do you want to call this? Like, do you have a working title or something? And he was like, nah, man, you can name it. And then I was like, you get a piece of it, you can rename it. <laughs> From Major there it is. Two. Nice. And uh, I've been referring to it as an uh, introduction to brutality. I like that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, okay. No, I thought it was I thought it was a ripoff of a different band, but uh, no, the one I'm thinking of is uh, uh, it was an introduction to death, and I think that's uh, that's like from that's an old Blood Cups Lensing song. So never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Useless information. That was your almost history lesson from Daniel Terry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm full of those. Speaking of full of those, we have an interview for you with Brendan Murphy of and which I mean I think the intro music uh, playing in front of this episode today really fits. Uh, their latest record, Splinters from an Ever-Changing Face, is out June 5th. When this episode drops, it'll be uh, this this upcoming Friday. Uh, we wanted to, we've wanted we been sitting on this for a little bit, and we wanted to kind of release this right before the record comes out, as we kind of talk quite a bit about the record itself. This thing is a motherfucker, man. Like, I know you and I championed, uh, you know, from the Unforgiving Arms of God EP, and, you know, kind of made the comment, like, that pff, got your work cut out for you, and these dudes brought it. <laughs> Dude, it is so... That that EP was so heavy. I haven't heard actually listened to the album yet, but um, I got to get ready for it because if it's anything like that EP was, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> this record is like suffocatingly heavy at times. Like it just doesn't let you go. No, and it's it. You know, he and I mean, I like I said, I haven't heard the record, but uh, I I like and so everything I'm saying is in in reference to the EP. But I like how he says like in the interview that like yeah, it's it's all just like a dirty, grimy sort of sort of feeling, like hopeful feeling. You definitely get that. You know, it is it is uh, to put a word on it. Their sound is absolutely oppressive. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, we're going to play a fun game. I have three beers. Dan has no idea what I have, uh, but I figured I'd let him pick the beer I'm going to try while we're doing this. So right now I have a Mickler, uh, Vanilla Shake Beer Geek. Gross. Okay. It's a tall boy. Um, I have a, is this Boulevard Brewing from Kansas City? It's the, uh, Steep Drop. It is a nitro coffee milk stout. Ooh, nitro little... coffee. Yeah. And then, just for something really fucking weird that's from here in Michigan, I have a Cotton Candy Haze. It is a uh, juicy New England-style IPA. Don't know if it's cotton candy flavored, um, but I figured I'll let Dan pick my beer for the evening to try while we're doing this. Let's go with the Nitro Coffee. That sounds uh, that sounds like something I would actually drink. I think you can, because it's made from out in your area. Well, it sounds good. I'll, I'll see if they have any at the local gas stations. It's really weird. It's it's like, I mean, it does say on the, on the can, wow. Uh, dark velvet roast, and I was gonna say this. Legitimately, this just tastes like a very night, like a nitro coffee. Like you got that, like kind of roasty, 
coffee flavor on the back end, and it's it's very uh, smooth, um, very smooth on the front when you put it like when you basically are tasting it for the first time. It's just it's very smooth, and I don't know. This doesn't taste like a beer. It tastes just like coffee in a can. Interesting. I don't know if I would drink more than this can, but apparently this is a uh, brewed with a uh, fair trade small batch coffee. Okay, what's an unfair? What's an unfair trade? <sighs> a cow for a couple of beans. The entire state of New York for beads. Uh, I or no, sure. they, that might have been Manhattan Island. I can't remember now. Staten Island. It's another. It's not Staten Island. Yeah, was, I don't know. That's weird. Did I say Manhattan Island? Yes. All right, I'll just stand by it. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so that's that's uh, the review of the beer. I'll uh, make sure. Oh wait, apparently I'm supposed to invert this can three times. Steep pour at 180 degrees. Groove. Well, I guess maybe that's why it tastes a little interesting because I didn't follow any of those rules. Typically, when you have a can of beer, you're not supposed to shake it or invert it three times. <laughs> yeah, you really you really shouldn't do that. No. Um. So shame on you for having too many instructions. Random coffee I bought. Coffee, beer, coffee, it's all the same. Coffee, beer. Coffee, beer is kind of the best because it puts you to sleep and keeps you awake. It's probably really good for your body. Yes. It's like Jaeger bombs. You know, yeah, you get oh, my de- gosh. You get a depressant with a <laughs> with an upper, an upper and a downer. Don't get me started with Jaeger bombs, man. That's that's uh, that's years in the past for me. I, I will never drink another Jaeger bomb in my life. I don't really know where to go with that. I was trying to make, I was going to make a reference to the to the end album, but I'm just not even going to try. So I mean, we're just going to let that fall flat where it is and fix it in editing, maybe. Uh, but anyway, um, this dude, like, I've been wanting to get him on since we did all the end chats like, over a year or so ago at this point because he is the last of the OG lineup uh, that we didn't get. It's so funny because like he, you know, I thought it was kind of fun talking to him about his online persona you know we were talking before recording about how people sometimes say like you have different personas on this show versus you know discography discussion and so forth and it's funny because in talking to brendan like it seems very sincere and very honest uh, in interviews and so forth but on, on twitter he's just like a troll he's like he's basically like Corey from norma jean like there yeah. is who you get when you do interviews and when you kind of get to know him as the person but then there's the online persona which isn't necessarily that person either but like he says it doesn't fucking matter it's just the internet Right, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of the internet and being trolls, let's uh, stop wasting your time and get into our conversation with Brendan Murphy of END, and we'll talk to you on the backside of it. It's the pleasure of talking to Brendan Murphy, vocalist of End, whose latest album, Splinters from an Ever-Changing Face, will be out June 5th via Closed Casket Activities. That is a fucking mouthful of a sentence. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, I know. Sorry to, sorry to throw that at you. I don't know about you. I just woke up. But uh, yeah, I'm not. that's not an album that you like to... That I want to start talking about the second I open my eyes, just because of how long the name is. But uh, <laughs> other, other than that, I'm good. I'm chilling. I, I don't know what getting to sleep in this late is like uh, after getting a puppy about a month ago. Yeah, so. yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. See, you got you got the puppy and stuff. My life's just like my life is boring every day. All I have is Call of Duty now. So I'm like, you know, so that's that's what I do. And uh, yeah, there's no. It doesn't matter what time. I don't have to like walk it or take it. You know clean up after it or feed it or nothing. I kind of just like turn it on whenever I feel like it. So, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Like I said, it's kind of, it's a bit boring being at home, but it's also kind of like, 
it's kind of nice. It's like the longest amount of time I've, I've had off in probably uh, 11 years, 10, 11 years. So it's like as much as I want to go on tour again and stuff, it's also kind of nice to just be like sitting around. And, you know, when people ask me about music stuff, I'm kind of just or like, oh, what do you, you know, are you going to record? Are you going to go on tour? I'm just like, Shh, like, we don't need to talk about that right now. Like, just let me have this, please. Like, let me, let me enjoy my couple months and leave me alone. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to Joe from Dead, and he's like, I think this is the first uh, bit of time off we've had in, like, f- almost four years. Sure, like, Where it's sure. just not been go, 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 go. So it's it seems like, you know, for you guys, it's actually a little bit refreshing to actually get a little bit of the normalcy of home life, uh, as opposed to just constantly feeling the pressure of deadlines and needing to be someplace. Sure, sure. And, and I mean, like, I guess not necessarily for for end because we like when we do stuff it's like you know it's usually like small like weekend run type stuff or whatever but uh, i mean definitely for like my other bank counterparts like it's very uh you know that's very like go 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 whatever but yeah i mean in terms of end it's like it is like it's uh it's not much has changed i guess except like i mean we had that show in new york city with like body count and crow mags get canceled so that was a bummer but uh whatever i mean i was already there so i was like well at least I'm at the studio. I get to see everybody and hang out and stuff. So that was that part was nice. But uh, yeah, we I don't know. Everyone's kind of like adjusting to it. Everyone's doing their thing, doing their like you know their like Zoom call stuff and you know everything. So it's like it's not you know it could be a lot worse. I think so. It's like as long as people you know take it seriously, I think that the like you know the less people dick around, the sooner we'll actually all be able to like go outside and go to bars and go to shows and you know go to the movies and do everything that we want to do. So it's just a matter of having having like you know that uh self-control right now. Yeah. Uh currently we I live in Michigan, okay. uh, in Grand Rapids and oh, uh, Lansing is having another fucking uh rally of stupid people yeah. at the Capitol. Yep. So totally. um you know did you see the thing about uh I don't I don't know if you're like a fan of uh like uh like Tim Robinson he has that show I think you should leave like the whole like yeah, uh, yeah like the Michigan protests and stuff like that and everyone's like yeah yeah the lady like oh like I want to like I want to like look at my roots I need to dye my hair and then it like I don't I don't know if it's real or not but there's like it cu- immediately cuts to Tim Robinson in his car and he's like yelling at the news people being like this is the, this is around the time I go buy my Halloween stuff like I'm not allowed to go out and buy my Halloween stuff and like that is like so because I know he lives in Michigan and I was just like man that's like the funniest thing I've ever I've seen in years like just totally fucking with him like I loved it but I also like Grand Rapids a lot you guys have Madcap or Madcap Coffee good spot founders that like. I mean, I think founders did some like stupid shit lately or something. I think they got canceled, but like, you know, it's right. It's right next to the intersection. But uh, before all that stuff, we used to like eat there because it was so close all the time. But I'm sure it's just some old ass owner that like doesn't that doesn't get it. And you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the I'm sure the, the people on the front line at founders are probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, how am I supposed to sell this fucking beer? But whatever. I didn't pay too much attention to it because kind of like a once a year restaurant I go to. So it wasn't like it, you know, it wasn't like it hit home. It's not like somebody telling me that the guy who made the Simpsons is like a war criminal or something, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's different for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I have been using the uh, Clerks 2 uh, phrase a little bit where I'm like, you can't taste the racism in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So fair enough. Uh, it's it's good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like, as long as, you know, as long as like, I don't know, I get the weird thing where it's like, then it depends on what they spend their money on. There's like things that I like too, where it's like, you know, if I love it, like it's like the, the, the argument about like Chick-fil-A where it's like, we all know it kicks ass. Like there's no, there's no denying that it, that it fucking rocks, but it does kind of hurt knowing that like some money that you're giving to somebody will go into something terrible. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm reserved with it, but so every now and then I, you know, there's nothing else around. Like we're at a gas station. There's a Chick-fil-A across the street. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I try, I do my best, but it happens. Yeah. It was funny. I was talking to Patrick from ice nine, uh, slash affiance yesterday for my Instagram live thing. And I was like, dude, I, <laughs> You know, I now I know how like touring band people feel because like you know my wife and I have been doing a lot of traveling in the last few years, and I was like, dude, yep. I'm kind of craving a, a pink sandwich <laughs> from the pink, and uh, uh, honestly, you know going yeah. to the Elmar in Atlanta or whatever and getting some tacos and shit, and I'm like, it's totally, weird that yeah. I'm craving food from not where I'm from. But isn't that always it though? Like, isn't that the way it always works when you like you know like we have it like because like I'm in Canada and it's like the like the one thing I think about every single day without fail is raising cane. And the closest one I think is in like Columbus, Ohio or something. It's like a five or six hour drive. And it's like, if there was one, you know, uh, if there was one like around the corner, I'd be like, yeah, it's just raising canes. But the people like don't know how good they have it, you know, when it's, when it's that readily available, you know what I mean? So I, I think, I think that's just kind of how it, that's kind of how it always is. Like we have like, but I mean, then again, like I was going to say like in Hamilton, we have a pizza place called Lyman's pizza that I like ride for so hard. But you know, then when I am on tour, like that's the one place I'm just like, as soon as I get home, I'm going to Lyman's pizza. Like <laughs> I'm going to photo bow or something like just classic Hamilton spots in my friend group. And it's just like, yeah, like I could be in, I could be like in Vietnam and eating like real authentic like pho and just be like, yeah, like the spring rolls at like photo are pretty sick. You know what I mean? It's like you always, you always <laughs> just kind of have that. But I don't know. It's 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 funny. I don't know. We're all we're kind of spoiled in that sense because we get to try food and like we get to do everything everywhere, right? So we're kind of like. You know, it's like someone here opening like up like a, a Mexican restaurant and people being like, it's good. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, what? California, Mexican food's better. Texas, Arizona. And I'm just like, yes, yes, it is. Like it just without question is it's it's real. <laughs> this is, you know, this is like Taco Bell, but the tacos are $16. Like that's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. Um God, yeah, I we just got a bag. My wife just bought me a bag of Hearst potato chips, which are I'm from the East Coast originally, oh, Delaware, sure, sure. and so like got it, getting those. Uh, I have a Wawa tattoo, so like I miss Wawa, which again yeah, another yeah, touring sure. staple for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, the sheets Wawa debate. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. I think honestly, people only like sheets because the boom boom sauce. I think if it really, if people want to be honest with themselves, that's that's what it is. I like. That's that's one thing that I've never like. I've never tried that from sheets. I'm not like big on like crazy sauces and stuff, but uh i i say this like i like both um wawa is like i did this thing like years ago on twitter where i like compared it to like like wawa and sheets are like metalcore and hardcore where it's like sheets is the metalcore where it's like there's like you can do more stuff and it's like you know there's like more shit and not all of it's good but like there's way more options and then hardcore is like yeah you know a lot of it like a lot of it sounds the same and there's better bands because it's you know, 
it's like more uniform uh, and it's like a classic standby, but like every now and then you kind of want something that's like weird. You know what I mean? Like every now and then you want like fucking mozzarella sticks with like Dorito dust and like a birthday cake <laughs> milkshake. But more often than not, you know, Wawa, it's like, yeah, just like a BLT rocks and it's good. But that was always my comparison. And people, people were either like on board when they heard that and they're like, yep, genius. Like this is it. And then other people were just like, are you fucking, do you have brain damage or something? Like what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know, man, like fucking nothing makes sense in my brain. Like I just say it, it just comes and I say it like, sorry, but I like both. Honestly, I like, if there's a chance of me getting actual food from the same building that I'm getting gas at at four in the morning, like I'll take it. You know, it's fine by me. So. <laughs> kind of speaking a little bit more to to end and why you're actually here, though. Um, sure. I I want to say, holy shit, congrats on uh somehow topping the EP, which Thank I mean, the bar was set really high with that. Um, something I did wonder because it seems like you guys, you know, you guys are all busy doing other things. You know, with you know Greg and Will having producing careers, other bands, you guys having other bands yep. and careers and so forth. Out of curiosity, were was this new batch of songs? Were they a hundred percent new, or were there some leftovers from? from the unforgiving arms of God. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that they were all like, they were all kind of new. I think that um, the one thing we have working in our favor in terms of like generating new material is, is the fact that like we have both Will and Greg who own studios and like record bands full time. You know what I mean? So, so that right there is like, you know, that's like a, that's a huge plus. Like normally it's like, there's one guy in the band that kind of does that. And is like the demo, you know, guy, but it's like, this isn't like, we're not talking demos. We're talking like Will, Greg, like, you know, people like actual real producers that just have all of that stuff at their disposal, like at home, like, Oh, I feel like, well, I'm going to try this head on it. I have 50 amps that I can pick from and they just like go and do it and they can perfect it. So like, so easy, you know what I mean? Whereas like other bands, it's like, you know, they're, they're like downloading plugins trying to be like, why doesn't it sound like the fucking knock loose record? You know what I mean? But they just like, they just, they just have it ready to go. So that's always good. And then they're both just like insanely talented, like musicians. So it's like, you know, Will, Will writes like four songs himself. And then Greg writes four songs himself. They send them to each other. They both like improve on them. And then like for a week, Greg will just like come up to the studio, like to Will's studio. And then they'll just write another four songs. And it's like, okay, here's the record. Like, we're just, we're just good to go. And it's like, it's so insane how they can do it that fast. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird, but, but yeah, in terms of like, you know, like I, I want, I want to say it was all new material, maybe like a riff here and there or something that Will or Greg might've been like, might've been holding on to for a minute. But yeah, for the most part, like I just kind of, I didn't even really know it was going to be like, I knew we had to do a full length, but I didn't really have like much of a time frame. And then after like counterparts did the first like uh private room tour, um, that's where it ended and it was like Will the next day was like, Hey, we can like start a record if you want. So we ended in Philadelphia and I was like, All right, I'll just come to New Jersey right now and I'll just stay for and I stayed for like another month and a bit and then we like did the whole record and it was like, Okay, cool, we're we're done. Here's the record and I was like, Holy shit, we did a this is crazy <laughs> yeah you know something that was kind of interesting about this record to me um is the samples that kind of are running throughout the the record itself and you know i think it's kind of provides a, a compelling companionship to some of the lyrics at least the ones i can make out because i don't have the link to your lyrics and i was trying to get them so i could kind of sure. see if this is a stupid question or not so if it is forgive me Don't worry. um 
but it seems like that the, some of the themes and such are, are also kind of represented in those samples. And in texting with Greg yesterday, uh, yep. it was interesting to hear how basically that happened by accident of it picking up through his pickup and his guitar, and then yeah, kind yeah. of worked on these samples and so forth. Yeah. Did did those samples come first, or did those inform any of your lyrics, or did those samples come after the fact of you writing your lyrics? Uh, so they all like um, all the samples pretty much came after the fact, uh, except except the like the sample like the you know like uh like god cares for you like and so do we like that thing like yeah. that was the total that was the one that was a total accident so like you know all the other ones are kind of just like end of the record wrap up like oh we should do like a creepy sample here like that type of shit but that one specifically was like they were tracking that song and i guess it got picked up through the radio like through the through his pickups and it's like it's just so crazy to think that you know like I like the reason and like this is also the reason why we used it is because it was such a you know it was such like a coincidence and like such a crazy thing to happen uh to you know where it wasn't like like if you were to be recording and you know like the pickup it was like picking up a radio station and it was like new like fucking five dollar foot long at subway you know we would all be like oh that's hilarious but you know and and we wouldn't think anything of it but just like that whole like you know like are you going through a hard time like god cares for you like that whole thing and like I remember waking up one day and walking in and Will and Greg are like, we have to show you the fucking sample of like what just happened. And they showed it to me and I was like, man, that's, that's like too weird or whatever. And then it just actually ended up being on the record and it's, it sounds sick. It's like, I don't even know what it's from. It's just, it's creepy as hell. And I wasn't like, doing yeah, hard I, so it's like that, that's the weirdest part. I was like, ugh, like, fuck off, get out of my head. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of weird. Cause I, I have software sometimes to use to like transcribe something in case I don't, yeah. I want to be lazy. Uh, and so I actually was trying to use that software to transcribe all of the samples to see if it created some kind of a, a narrative from start to finish. Sure. Sure. And then kind of wondering, you know, since I knew I was going to be talking to you, you know, and Greg didn't tell me, you know, if these were done after the fact or not. So, you know, I guess, you know, what's interesting to me is, were you surprised that after the fact of all this shit, were you surprised at how well it kind of helped create an overall narrative and theme between you had what you had already written for the record? Oh, for sure. I think that like, I mean, I'm, I like, I come from the, you know, like, like, I guess like the most important time in my life musically was like, you know, the early to mid like 2000s metalcore stuff. So all of that stuff is so like, you know, that stuff's like is, is dialed up crazy. And it's like, you know, and, and a lot of that shit is like, you know, Will and Greg and stuff for the, for the end record, they're like going and trying to find like new unused, like, you know, samples and stuff like that. And I think that that's really cool. But like back in the two thousands, like bands just had shit from movies, like, you know, like Parkway Drive literally had like Yippie Kaye motherfucker before a breakdown. You know what I mean? And it's like, and all that stuff. And it was like, I think Suicide Silence had all that family guy shit. It's like, it was such a, it's such like a, I don't know, like a, like a timepiece, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a perfect example of like that era that I think like, you know, I think like Will and Greg and, and Billy and Jay, like everybody but me, like they're, they're more on the like, you know, late nineties, like their, you know, style of metalcore stuff, but I'm, I'm a little bit younger. So, so all of that sample stuff, like that's, so, like that stuff has always been my favorite. You know what I mean? And it's like it, it, it was used, I think, tastefully in the 90s and the 2000s kind of overdid it. But I think that, you know, there's not really any overdoing it if you can, you know, if it helps like push a narrative or a feeling or like, you know, a theme at the very least. I think that that's I think that that's really cool because sometimes, you know, there's just like if somebody's already said it, like, you know, why? 
why try and change it? You know what I mean? Like if, if you can, I don't know, I guess if you can like find a sample or something and use that, it's like anything to just give it a little bit more like depth and atmosphere, I guess. And I think that like, yeah, with the end record, like that's a perfect example of like the record, the record sounds like pretty, like, you know, it's like pretty dark and like creepy as it is. But then when you add <laughs> yes. those in and shit like that, it, it like becomes like uncomfortable. And I, and I love that about the record because, you know, I like, it's, it's just like, it's fitting. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like the lyrical themes and sonically everything about the band is supposed to be just like this, like uncomfortable, ugly sound, you know what I mean? Or like feeling overall. Uh, so I think that it really did help. Like it helps push the record for sure. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, not necessarily in the tone of the record itself, but just kind of this experience that I always have with this record. But it reminded me of Merciless by Most Precious Blood, the way that like their samples kind of go in and out of the songs yeah, throughout sure, the record. Sure. And by the time you're done with the record, you're like, oh, fuck, that's done. Oh, OK, like, start it back up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, honestly, I yeah. did that in prepping for for this. Like yeah. I didn't even necessarily notice that the the album or the link I had just kept repeating. I was like, oh, it just is so self-contained so well that it, it just yep. works. And it, I mean, it's it sounds terrible to kind of say that you're able to kind of not notice when it's done and repeating, but I think that kind of adds to more of a an experience and a vibe and kind of sure. almost a cinematic vibe to it where it's just, yep. it encapsulates you entirely and you don't realize until you physically stop it from happening, you're just kind of in its grasps yeah, the whole yeah, time of, of experiencing it. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's that's something that that's something that I look for in, you know, like in all of my favorite, like metalcore records and stuff like that. Like they're all, they're all kind of like that, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like they all have that, like that sort of repeating thing to it, to where it's like, you know, if you just like, you could listen to it, you could be like doing a long drive. Let's say you're driving like four hours somewhere, you put the record on and it's like, it can start over. And it's like, it takes a couple songs before your brain kicks in and goes, Hey, we already listened to this one. Like, I'm getting kind of bored here. Like, I don't like, I don't want you to fall asleep while you're driving. Like, let's let's switch this up. But it's like, you know, like Misery Signals have the same like that like that riff on uh, like Victim of Target, and then it's like at the end of the record too. And then you know, Poison the Well did it with like uh, Tear from the Red. Like, you know, it's just like that whole sort of like thing where you know, and then that's like a like an actual like riff that is that is the first riff is the last riff type vibe, but. You know, I think that if you can, that's cool for sure. But I also think that if you can recreate that feeling with like samples and even just like, you know, if the record starts with a certain fucking feedback or something and then it ends with the same one and it bleeds into it and makes it repeat. It's like, that's what you want because you want people to listen to the record more than once. You know what I mean? Like I would rather have less people listen to our record, uh, you know, twice, three times a day than I would have you know, a million, like everybody in the world listen to it once. Cause it's like, you know, you want that like repeat, you know, you want like repeat offenses. You want people to keep like listening and listening and listening to it, you know, and that's, what's going to make them love your band. That's what's going to make your band stand out for them. So I think that if you can, you know, if you can like get that under control and, and make that happen, like almost sense of like, if you can force people into really, you know, having your record on repeat and not really noticing, like you've done a good job. So that's always something that like me personally, cause it's like, you know, with, with like lyrics and stuff, like I think the first time I ever did it was on the, like the last like counterparts record where it's like the first line is the last line type type vibe. But you know, that's something that uh, more for like the actual musicians in the band to sort of, you know, to do. So I think that being able to do it with like samples and stuff on the end record is it's, it's sick. I, I love it. You know, but again, it just makes it like creepy. It's like, you can't, 
you can't get rid of it, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, so uh, you are the last of the original end lineup that I didn't get to talk to you previously because sure. uh, I did a podcast a while ago with Greg, and then Greg kind of spilled the beans on this, and then that begat uh, Andrew and then Jay, and then Will came eventually down the line. Um, so something, you know, kind of going back to that as we're slowly wrapping up, um, how did it feel to be a part of a band that no one knew was coming until basically a teaser trip, a teaser clip came out? It Like, it was... It, I don't know. It's like it's a weird. It was a weird feeling. Like, it, like it's fucking sick. Don't get me wrong, but I just remember. I remember like doing this, and you know, I always like made jokes about it, us being like, you know, it's like about how the band started and stuff, and being like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, it wasn't a joke per se, but we. It was just like we were just kind of, you know, Will and I. He was like, yeah, I'm gonna start this like heavy, like turmoil, kind of, kind of grindy type band, like turmoil meets cursed meets whatever. And I'm like, okay, um, I'm in. And then he started like getting other people. And then it was like, just, you know, and then I, I like, I don't even remember what happened in between. I just remember all of a sudden Will's like, Hey, like we have like, let's do the demo, like come for a week and let's do it. Like let's record it. And I'm like, okay. And I, I fly to New Jersey, like with fuck all in terms of lyrics, like nothing. I haven't even really heard the songs. I just go there, show up. I meet Greg for the first time, like, like introduce myself and go like, Hey, I guess we're in a band together. Like we're meeting for the first <laughs> time. I guess, I guess we're going to be like really close friends now, you know? And we started doing it and it's just like, and then we did it. And it, I, I swear, I swear we like, we like slept on that for a year and a half, two years, maybe. I don't really remember, but you know, we just had that EP. And then all of a sudden I remember being on like, when counterparts is on warped 2017, I just get the thing from Will being like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to post fucking usurper tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, sick. And so, you know, and then like to go from, from like having an EP done where it wasn't really going to be public for the foreseeable future. It was just kind of like, yeah, we have this, you know, we have a clip in the back pocket just in case we need to, just in case we need to do something. It then immediately being like, oh yeah, here's a fucking band. And then all these publications and stuff are like, oh, fucking super group this, crazy that, like, you know, like fucking everything, like, you know, and people are going nuts. And I'm just like, holy shit, like a week ago, you guys didn't even know this existed. Like the five of us really are the only ones that knew. So, but it was like, I think that that, like, you know, it, it caught a lot of people off guard. And I think that that's one of the reasons why people are so into it, you know, like, not like, you know, I, I feel like there's less people being like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's Brendan from Counterparts and it's Will Putney and it's Greg from Misery Shit, you know, like that type of thing. Like, I feel like, I feel like people are just, I don't know. I feel like uh, the, all the supergroup like shit aside, I think that it's just people have like an attachment to it because it did just kind of come out of nowhere and then it held up. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, because there's a lot of like bands that, you know, like when you look at, like you know old bands from like the 90s and shit it's like super this and then you like listen to it and you're like this is super <laughs> you know what i mean and not and like not to be egotistical but like yeah the ep like it kind of kicks fucking ass and like we didn't even know it was going to be good or not like we just did it and i think that that's the reason why people are like oh fuck this is you know it was just so out of left field and so different from you know I mean, at least in like, like from my perspective, because it's like all these kids are listening to it being like, oh, it's the counterparts guy. And then they listen to end and they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, like, this is insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 
I think that it, yeah, it was just kind of cool the way that the rollout happened. I don't know. I don't even think it was intentional. I think it's just the way everything kind of worked out and it worked out in her favor because everyone was like, you know, like they just got like sidelined by usurper out of nowhere and they're just like what the fuck is this and then since then you know it's just been it's just been getting better like the ep release and like you know the single and like the you know like we put up this the like we put up uh pariah and you know with the pre-orders and all of a sudden it's like holy fuck we have like an actual band here like this you know this isn't like you know this isn't like a side project type type vibe like this this feels like a real thing so it's sick like i love it you know what i mean i think it's I I'm very fortunate to be in two bands that that people like. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's pretty cool. So th- this might be a really stupid question, and I didn't really know how to articulate it any better than how I wrote it down. Sure. So, um, do you find the experience of performing these songs in end to be different than what you do in counterparts? Like, is there more of maybe a cathartic or visceral reaction when you're performing these for you personally that? taps into something that you don't uh with counterparts um not like maybe like i would say lyrically no but i think because the main difference for me from like an end set and a counterpart set is just the fact that like the end set is so much shorter and it's like so much easier you know what i mean like like the end like we're going from like a like because we did it on the headliner it's like counterparts played for like we played for 45 minutes and then like you know uh, so, so it's like the show opens and it's like chamber and plays for half an hour, 25 minutes. Then you have varials and stray and then counterparts comes in place for 45. So it's like the length alone with end is so much nicer. Also, there's just like, there's like way less like words and shit. Like counterparts is a pretty, like pretty band, a lot of syllables, a lot of shit like that. But with end, I just kind of get to like, you know, just like kind of like rock out and do my thing. And then also with like, you know, with counterparts, it's, you know, like we're, you know, we're like a melodic metalcore band, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, that type of music, it's like, you know, you're, we're attracting like people from all different kinds, like all different worlds and stuff. So I think with end, with end, I just get a little bit more of a free pass to just like, you know, if I, if counterparts was playing and I told the crowd to like fucking kill each other, people would be like, why would he say that? You know what I mean? But with end, I could be like, fuck you, like kill each other, you know, like go nuts. And people are like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I think the, the music, like the style of music itself just is heavier and, and more aggressive. So I, so in turn, I feel like I'm more comfortable at being like an aggressive front man with end than with counterparts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's just certain things that I wouldn't, you know, like I wouldn't say on stage with counterparts that I say with end because it's like, you know, I can't be like, all right, like fucking, you know, but, and I do like, I, you know, I definitely do the whole like mosh call, make fun of the crowd type thing with counterparts. But I, you know, if I do that and I build it up so big and then we go into some like fucking minute long clean part where I'm just talking, people are going to be like, what the, f-? like, what was that? Like, <laughs> can't do that. But with end, it's like just an onslaught of, heavy so i just really you know i just kind of get to do my thing also um with end i'm also not expected to like make the crowd laugh in between songs which is kind of sick because you know with counterparts it's like that's my little stand-up hour so that's that's fun but having to do that with end two is just like oh fuck like that would be a nightmare i'm already i've already used my material you know what i mean so so with end i barely say anything between songs we don't really do anything you know we just get up there and play and 
it's very relaxed and chill and I, and I do like it. So I like both. I will say, you know, they both rock, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, whichever one ends up paying me more. That's the one I like more. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you were talking a little bit ago about, you know, when the, the record came out or the EP, I should say came out and, you know, you were surprised yeah. at how well the reaction was to usurper adversely, how blown yeah. away were you by how many variants you went and pressings you went through of that EP straight out the gate due to the demand of wanting physical copies of that EP? Yeah, that was like, that was insane. I, I like, you know, cause I like, I don't know, again, not, not to sound like big headed or whatever, but like, I, I, I figured people would think it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, for sure. There's going to be people that will hear this. And e- even if they're like, let's say they're, they're like counterparts fans. They've never really listened to like <clears throat> this style of music before. And they just like, you know, they're like, Oh, bro, Brennan did it. So I'll, I'll check it out. And they think it's like, cool. I'm like, yeah, they'll probably think it's cool, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to buy anything. You know what I mean? Right. So, so like, then you fast forward to like actually putting it out and it's like, and, and furthermore, like we're talking about like an EP, right? Like a full length, I get, you know, it's like, oh yeah, this is like a big fucking deal, whatever. Like, yeah, full length. Oh, holy shit. But like EPs and stuff, like it was just so crazy that people were so down to like spend money on like 16 minutes of music. You know what I mean? And people were like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. And then we started moving through variants and everything like that. And like, and even with like the, like the pre-order for the new record, everything's, you know, like we have what, like five, six different variants with like exclusive, uh, like, re- like resellers and stuff. It's like, we have like the death wish one and the pure noise one and all this stuff. And everyone's just like actually going and buying it. And it's like so fucking crazy that people, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I mean, even like, look at me, it's like music is, is my, like both my bands. It's like, that's my entire life, both in terms of like what I enjoy doing, but also like I rely on both of them for 100% of my income. Like if I'm, you know, if neither of the bands are making money, like neither am I. So, but even me, it's like, it's super hypocritical of me to say, but like, I used to be like super into vinyl collecting and stuff like that, but I've kind of fallen off now because I'm like, it's hard to keep up with, especially when I can just, you know, turn on the same speakers that I listen to with my record player have Bluetooth. So I can just, you know, hit the Bluetooth thing and go on Spotify or Apple music. And I just play whatever I want. Uh, but the fact that, you know, other people are still like buying music and we're still like moving like, you know, six different pressings and variants. I see pictures of like people tagging us in pictures of like their collection and stuff. And they've got like every variant, the fucking test press, all this stuff. I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like that's, that's crazy. I'm like, I just, I just wanted to make like a, like the whole end thing. It's like, I, I can't speak for everybody else uh, when I talk about like, you know, the formation and the initial feeling and stuff. But like, I just wanted to do like a really heavy side project. And now it's like, you know, it's like, Oh shit, this is like a real thing that, that can exist. You know, this is like an actual, not that we were, not that we weren't an actual band, but it just like, it doesn't feel like, like the side weekend, haha, let's have fun type vibe. Like it actually feels like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, let's, let's do this smart. You know what I mean? Like, let's get like a, proper booking agent and let's look at these tours and like actually go and and do stuff that makes sense you know what i mean yeah absolutely it it was so funny because like when i did the chat with everybody else initially all that had come out was actually no i think half of the chats i did the teaser wasn't even out because i talked to greg teaser wasn't out talked to andrew teaser wasn't out and then i talked to jay and i think the teaser had come out that day or the day before but i talked to everyone for like 20 30 minutes and had not heard a single fucking note of music <laughs> which was wild sure, sure. and yeah that's got to be 
that's got to be crazy. Yeah, it was really weird. I think I did a pretty good job of working my way around it where you couldn't and couldn't tell. But that's why with this one, I was like, yeah. okay, obviously Pariah's out, and there's one song. So be, yeah. that would be more at least to talk to you than I had with most everybody else. But is uh, one exactly, of those things exactly. where I was like, man, I really hope they have a link to the record so I can hear it and talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, but totally. It's, uh, you know, kind of thinking about the band, you know, you kind of hit on it a little bit uh, earlier but the fact that you know this isn't anyone's, uh, and this sounds kind of like a backhanded thing, but it, that it's not everyone's full time thing. You know, you have counterparts. Exactly. Everyone else has other things. Do you think it really allows you to appreciate the time you get to spend creating and performing these songs as end? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure, I, I think that that's like you know that is a that's like it's a huge thing for me. Like, like again, like I said, I can't I can't speak off you know for everybody in the band entirely but i mean for me personally i think like uh like end is like don't, don't get me wrong like counterparts is like a passion for me like that is my like my my baby you know what i mean it's like i've been there from the beginning i've been doing everything like that's my like fucking kid you know what i mean but but with with end it's like you know i, I guess on the same hand though like it there comes a time inevitably when you know, your, like, if your, like, passion becomes your income, then there comes a time where it's like, okay, you know, you can't, you can't do whatever you want, you know, like, you can't fucking, you can't, like, I mean, mean, to to be fair, we definitely, like, counterparts, like, we get away with a lot of shit, like, we do some, like, fucking dumb stuff, like, we did, like, a hoodie that was upside down, down (laughs) you know what I mean, like, like, that type of stuff, and it's, like, a lot of bands, like, can't do that, so we're fortunate enough to, be able to like do whatever the fuck we want and we're kind of at a point now where kids are just like like people that like the band are just kind of like well i don't know they're just fuck it's just them like they're fucking stupid i'll buy it fine whatever fine you know what i mean so it doesn't affect us but you know a lot like a lot like there's a lot that goes into i guess like i don't know for it like it sounds weird and like not not that i'm like I'm, i'm trying to not compare the two because they are vastly different but like with with counterparts you know it's like uh a lot there's a lot more like planning i guess that goes into stuff where it's like okay if we do like we'll go on tour with this band and then that'll open us up to like this crowd or like okay like yeah let's have like a fucking slow song on the record that's like all singing like it's you know it's not that we don't want to do it and we're doing it to like you know purely for like commercial value or whatever but you know it's it's like there's just you know you just have to be like smarter i guess but with end it's like an actual like you know, it's it's just it's where fuck we feel like it. If you don't like it, kiss my ass kind of kind of vibe, and that's really cool. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there's there's not really like we all want it to be good and we want it to kick ass and we want it. You know, we want to like make sure it's fucking awesome when we put it out. But there's just you know, I guess there's not a lot. There's a lot less like riding on it because I don't know. Like let's say we put out the EP and everyone was like, "This fucking sucks." We could all be like, <laughs> "Oh okay, fuck it, whatever." Like, oops, my bad. We'll just we'll put that away and never speak of it again. But so we kind of have the freedom to like do a little bit more because if if it doesn't pan out, we still have you know like I still have counterparts. Will has you know, recording every fucking band on earth and same with Greg and, you know, Jay's got fucking barber shit. Like Billy's playing in like, you know, a bunch of bands. He's like the drummer of fucking Dillinger for Christ's sake. Like he'll be fine. Like everyone will be fine. So I think that like in that there is this weird sort of freedom that you have to where it's like, you know, still kind of in control. And I mean, like not to say that with counterparts, I'm, we're not in control, but you know, we definitely have like fucking ideas and (laughs) that people kind of have to be like, 
okay, guys, like, I know, I get it. Like, you're the fucking goofy upside down hoodie band. I understand. But like, reel it in a little bit. Like, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And we're like, okay, okay, it's fine. But with end, it's like, there's just more freedom. So it, like, it is kind of, you know, to me, like, they're both, I'm passionate about both, you know, but I just, I like that sort of, like, you know, I don't have everything riding on it. Cause like everything in my life is like more or less riding on counterparts. So if I don't do it smart, like I'm fucked, you know? So within it's, it's, it's cool to be able to be like, yeah, I can just like, I can say like weird fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like there's some like stuff in end that I wouldn't necessarily say for counterparts because it's like, okay, you know, we're like eliminating a fan base. If I say this stuff, you know, like there's like a lot of like religious stuff and, and all that to where it's like, you know, I can say that with N because, you know, I'm like, well, now this is, this is like personal to me. Like, so is counterparts, but you know, I'm not going to start a, cause like we have Christian kids that like counterparts. And it's like, I'm not trying to fucking make fun of you, but you know, and like tell you that what you believe in is like fucking dumb. But with end, it's like, well, I can say whatever I want and people can't really like get mad. There's no alienating a fan base because we make our own fan base. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, looking at the lyrics to Pariah, I mean, uh, it's funny. Well, I mean, the lyrics to Pariah are not funny, but <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure. in reading that, it's like, and especially the visuals that, you know, you have in the video that accompany it, it's like, man, I feel like it just allows you creatively as a writer to kind of go into an untapped area maybe for you to kind of create or express yourself in a completely different avenue. And that's kind of why where sure. I was kind of going sure. with the, do you get a different experience, you know, performing these songs or, you know, writing these songs between the two bands? Because I, I think it's yeah. as a creative outlet, I, I can't uh, negate obviously the impact it would have to be able to get these things out for you. So. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, they're, they're, it's, it's cathartic in a sense for, for both. Um, I think that, I, I don't know, I guess it's just kind of like, it's, I feel like two different emotions when I refer to like, like with counterparts, I'm, I'm kind of writing about, you know, it's like, like on the lyric side, it's, it's a little bit more like, I don't know, I guess like melancholy and, and like dramatic and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, you know, this shitty thing, it's like, let's say, you know, shitty thing number 512 happens to me in my life. And I would, my approach with counterparts would be different because I would, you know, it would be along the lines of like me dealing with it, but I'm still sad about it. Whereas, and like the music is just more aggressive in almost every sense. The same, it could be, you know, we could be talking about the same exact thing that's happened, but in counterparts, it's more depressing and low and shit like that. And with end, it's like, you know, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. And I, you know, and I like that. I kind of have both. I have both ends of, of that spectrum, which is good to where I can, you know, to help me get it out, which is, which is awesome. And, you know, those are kind of the only two, like, those are like the only two, like, I guess, emotions that I've ever been able to put into like lyrical themes because like, I don't know, I don't like, no one wants to hear me singing about how like I had a good fucking day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no one in the world wants that. So it's cool that I have like both sides of the coin now, you know? Yeah. I mean, Filter was able to not filter. It was uh God damn. What was that band? Fuel. Fuel made a song, a uh, poppy song about having a bad day. Sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you can, like, you can kind of, you know, you can, you can do that and, and stuff and you can like, I, you know, I like that because there are like similar themes, like, you know, there's themes on, uh, on the, like on nothing left to love that it's like, you know, there'll be like a song on that record that I'm like, I'm talking about the exact same event that I'm talking about on like, like the end record. And, you know, but it's just a matter of like, I don't know, I guess it's just a viewpoint and how I'm approaching it, you know, like, like the fucking, 
like on the conference when I'm going like, this is so upsetting and this is how I feel. And it's like, you know, it's tearing me apart or whatever. And then the end one is like, you know, like you take pariah or something and it's like, you hurt my friend and I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, like that type of vibe. So it's cool. I, I you know, I, I, I sing words that I would never say in person. So it's kind of a, it's kind of nice for me. It's a cool little outlet. So you uh, are a metal, like metal, old school metalcore uh, fan. You know, a lot of times when people see you live, you know, everyone comments on whatever shirt you're wearing. I know during that St. Vitus sure, set, sure, yeah. uh, everyone's commenting on your It Dies Today shirt. And, yeah, the It Dies Today thing. And so it's one of those things where, you know, obviously you guys uh, knock on wood, who knows, but Furnace Fest, you guys are doing that. And there's a shitload of yeah, yeah. You know, great old school bands on that. Who were you looking forward to seeing oh, yeah. on that that maybe you haven't or haven't seen in a while? Um, I mean, I'm like, uh, you know, if like not to be like a fucking dick, but if Poison the Well plays the set that I think that they should play at something like Furnace Fest, I'm really excited for that. Because that, like, that was a little bit before. That was a little bit before my time, I would say. Like the first time I saw that band was like 2007. Like, you know, and I'm Engage like, tour? I think I, I want like, sorry, the Kill Switch Engage tour, like one of their last. Uh, no, I, no, I think it, I want to say it was like Warp Tour 2007. You know what I mean? So it's like, like I, I, or I think it was two. I can't remember. I, I know I was in. It was before I graduated high school. So it was like. I graduated in 2009, so something, but, like, I saw them, and it's, like, they played, you know, like, I love the band, but it's, like, they play, like, fucking nerdy, and that's it, you know, and it's, like, yeah, cool, like, I'm, not that I'm still fucking tight, but just opposite of December has such a, it means, like, a lot to me, and I think it means a lot to, like, most of the people in Counterparts, so that was when we were first kind of, like, getting our fit together, you know, and, like, trying to fucking figure out how the hell we wanted to sound, like, that's the year that we started the band, so... You know, it's like I'm I'm I'd be excited like I'm excited for that. Like mineral I wanna see, like not metal in any way, but like seeing mineral on that is like let's fucking go. Like they're one of my favorite nineties emo bands. Um yeah, I'm like fuck, I'm like trying to think of the, the list in my head. I mean misery seeing misery signals is obviously, you know, obviously gonna be a fucking treat. <laughs> you know, even though I've like I've seen them millions of times, but that's always gonna be, you know, that'll be good. Um yeah, I'm trying to like converge, seeing converge. I like think I've only ever seen them once in Hamilton. Like, fuck, man. Like, uh, probably, probably like early 2000s. Like before I even knew what the hell converge was. Like I saw them and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? But like, you know, that'll be like that'll be really cool. Um, uh, Love is Red. I never got to see Love is Red, but they're another like you know melodic metalcore type vibe. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure if they played Canada, but that would be like, I'm looking forward to that. Seeing Halud with fucking Jay singing will be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Halud with like 15 different fucking vocalists at this point, but Jay kicks ass. So that'll be, that'll be pretty sick. Yeah. I wonder if Greg's going to actually hop in and do anything with them for that. That would be, I mean, that, that would be cool. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, it would be pretty sick. I guess same with the, I mean, obviously like, you know, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he, I guess he could. Yeah. Fuck. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine being able to, like say that you, yeah, I'm gonna go do some. Uh, I'm gonna do a Missig song, and I'm gonna do a Shahalud song, and <laughs> just like cool. You want you want to do fucking Poison the Well too, and just and really just round out every band that we've ripped off for ten years. Because yeah, be my guest. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping to go to that. It's uh, right around my birthday, so I would love to go. I'd oh, love to go yeah. and try to get some some interviews and shit. Uh, but I, as of sure, now, I'm not sure. planning on anything happening at this this point this year. Honestly, yeah, I like. 
yeah, the the entire year kind of kind of took a bit of a shit. So I mean, my only thing is like I fucking hope that if if shit isn't back to normal and stuff isn't you know working the way it's supposed to be by then, I hope to God they go. You know what? Like we're gonna move it to sometime next year and do go even crazier. You know, like make like you know get even more bands and go fucking go fully off the deep end because it is literally like the sickest fucking lineup I've ever seen. Like. Even even taking like those early Hellfest DVDs into account, like this this lineup is still better. Like this lineup is better than the 2003 Hellfest DVD. You know what I mean? It's like it's the best thing I've ever seen. So I remember like hitting up our manager, being like, "I don't fucking care. Just get us on the festival. Like money, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Like just please, just find a way because I need to be a part of this. Just just so I have something to brag about. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and luckily we like got, we like got an offer already. So he's like, Oh yeah, no, like you guys were going to play. So I'm like, Oh fuck me God. But I was going to say, I kind of had wondered if that was the case of bands actually reaching out to their managers and publicists and so forth and being like, yo, like I want to fucking be here. Please get us there. However it needs to happen. Yeah. I think, I think that is like, like without question, like that's happened. I think like, especially a lot of the younger bands too. Like, I think like, you know, bands like, us and Sea Space Cowboy and Knock Loose and a lot of like, you know, the younger bands are kind of like, you know, that was like us like going up to Furnace Fest and being like, yo, please, like, I know, I know we're not like an old guy metalcore band, but like, please fucking let us play the goddamn thing. Give us a 15 minute set. And they're like, okay, you know, but <laughs> not to say that like, you know, bands like us and Space Cowboy and Knock Loose like aren't going to have our own draw because I think we will, you know, all the younger kids, you know, you can't like fault young kids for not knowing like you know what some of those like who some of those bands are like there's bands on that festival that i've never heard in my entire life and i'm fucking 29 so you know i like you just get mad at the 16 year old that's like well i came for it came for knock loose it's like of course you did so like obviously you did but just like stick around maybe you'll find something else you like you know but uh we you know it's it's just it's the fucking craziest thing i've ever seen like when it, when they started announcing bands, I was just like, "Dude, is this fucking fake? Like, is this Firefest?" And then, <laughs> sure, sure enough, it's like it kept getting better and better and better, and all these people were like doubting it and being like, "This isn't gonna fucking happen." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! It will, it will." And now I'm like, "It might not," but at least it's because nothing's happening. You know, it's not like the dudes that run it are just like, "No, I'm out. See ya. Can't can't afford this. Bye." It's like, no, there's a fucking pandemic, so. You gotta be careful. Yeah, two things to that, and then I'll let you go. Um, so actually, sure. uh, yesterday on Twitter, I I know you you like trolling on Twitter, and I typically do not. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not uh, a fan of just people being dumb and not realizing either. Like, just tone is lost half the time, so it's like I just don't even want to bother. But oh, there was a big thing, I guess. Uh, I think it was Chamber posted a how the use lifted oh, one yeah, of their yeah. riffs. Yeah, the use. So yeah. I listened to it because unbeknownst to everybody because we haven't dropped it, and I don't think I made a comment about it, but I did an interview with Joey from The Used, uh, like, probably about a week and a half ago. Sure. And, you know, I gave him shit about The Used album being the same as the Carcass record named Heartwork. And, you know, he was like, oh, I don't yeah. think there's a whole lot of carryover between Carcass and The Used. And I was like, dude, I I mean, I'm a product of MTV, and I listen to so much different shit. So, actually, you might be surprised. Like, there might be more crossover than you think. And so we kind of joked about yeah, that. Totally. But then seeing that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go listen to this riff, because it didn't make me think of anything other than, wow, this might be the heaviest used riff I've ever fucking heard. And Yeah, literally. Um went and checked out the chamber song and I was like, or checked out the U song. Then I checked out the chamber song and I just wrote, 
maybe I'm old because I'm like 36. Uh, all I could think of hearing that Chamber song is, wow, you guys stole 43% Burnt by DEP. So I think instead of you sure, calling yeah. out somebody yeah. else, you should be like, yo, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, someone was like, oh, well, if that's the case, I think everyone owes Botch like a fucking, you know, shitload for stealing their wrist for like the last 20 some odd years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. And like that's, it's, it's, it's so funny. Cause like, so I don't like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this because it might, it might ruin the joke, but like, so, uh, like chamber are like, you know, some of our like good friends. Like I literally play, I play like call of duty with Jacob, like every single day for 12 hours a day, probably the whole thing. Like it was a goof. Like we were, we were playing the game and he, and like, I like, I love the use. Like they're like the self-titled probably like my favorite record of all time. I fucking love it. Uh, and he like, and he was joking around, uh, on the game and he was like, he's like, yo, like your fucking, your boys like took the, took one of our riffs. And I'm like, what the hell? And he like put his, the phone up to, and said, showed me the use thing. And I'm like, oh fuck. And he's like joking around being like, yo, should we like start fucking fake beef with them and pretend that we're really mad and like see if people like see if people fucking get pissed off. And I'm, and I, we were like laughing being like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't really think that I'm like, He's like, even, even he admitted, he's like, he's like, dude, like, you know, he's like, all we do is fucking rip off like the same metalcore bands that we like. So like, you know, we're we like, we don't really have any place to like, to say this. And I'm just like, yeah, I know. Like we're literally a misery signals rip off. Like no, nothing we're doing is original in the slightest. And we were just kind of laughing about it. And I guess he like did it. And he like, neither of us expected for the fucking internet to like implode like it did because then you've got you know you've got like metalcore and hardcore kids being like oh like fuck the used how could you do this and then you've got the used fans being like they've never even fucking heard of chamber ever i promise you you're both right <laughs> like it's it, it just happens like you know it's exactly like you said like you know the idea of i don't know it's different when it's like a blatant ripoff you know what i mean where it's just like oh you know like in this instance like no matter how similar it is. I can almost say without a shadow, like beyond a shadow of a doubt that no one in the used has listened to Chamber ever. So it's like, it's an honest mistake. If, you know, if it was like a smaller band or even like a bigger band that like admitted to being like, yeah, we love Chamber and then they just copied the part, then it's like, okay, you're being kind of like, you're being kind of lame. But, you know, it's like this shit just happens. Like you can't fucking, you know, there's only how many like notes on a guitar like you can't fucking you can't write an original riff anymore you know what i mean unless you're one of those like weird fucking like prog bands that do the weird timing shit but then it just sounds like mashuga so it's like yeah it's a fucking mashuga rip off you know like <laughs> you can't win it's just kind of like it's like just write a cool fucking song you know but i just remember that like we were all laughing about that yesterday because like i was like so i didn't play the game in the morning yesterday i like got on at night jacob like got on with like two in the morning and he's just like yeah so i guess i kind of fucking broke the internet huh and i'm just like yeah dude maybe i'm like maybe don't tell jokes anymore <laughs> Who knows? yeah it was really funny though like i was pleasantly surprised because like i made that comment. It, was, it was hilarious i made that comment and it's getting like a bunch of likes and a couple of retweets and all that kind of stuff which sure. i mean that's not typically anything i involve myself in so it's weird that it's hitting and then yeah, yeah. i had someone they're like oh i checked out the link in your podcast oh i because I made a reference to the fact that I talked because they were saying something about carcass and I was like oh I actually talked to Joey like a week yeah. or so ago it's not out blah 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 and then like three people were like which podcast I'm gonna go check it out and then like they're sending me <laughs> messages or whatever like, yo you talked to so-and-so or I see you had so-and-so on like dude this is rad like I didn't know I'm gonna check this out and I'm like yeah I yeah, mean of course. show probably sucks you're probably gonna hate it but I mean whatever thanks <laughs> 
Yeah, but it, like it's yeah, it's that that's the thing too. Is like I feel like um, I mean, like while social media, like I'm, I would say specifically Twitter, because like I don't really fuck with like Instagram too much. I haven't like logged on to Facebook in like two or three years because it's like you know it's all just like invites to your cousin's birthday from your aunt or something. And I'm like, I don't need this shit. But like Twitter, it's like Twitter is the king to me because like everything that's on like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it's like, it's all fucking screenshots from Twitter. Like Twitter sees everything first. They get everything first. It's like the front line. So while, yeah, like a lot of people just use it for fun and they're like, yeah, I just make fucking jokes, talk to my friends, whatever. It's a, you know, look, watch funny video. Oh, good. And that like, that is the main purpose. But I think that, you know, there are instances where you can like, you know, you can like use it to your advantage and kind of like plug yourself, I guess, in, in a way, you know, like, like you just said, like you made, you made a joke and suddenly people are checking your shit out. Like I have so many people that come up to me and they're like, you know, like, pe- like people will be like, yeah, I literally had never heard of counterparts. I just followed you guys for years because you post funny shit. And like, <laughs> I follow you because you're always like, making jokes and then I finally listen to it and like, yeah, you guys are sick. Like now you're one of my favorite bands. And I'm just like, see, like it can work. You can be smart about it. You know? And I think that that's something that a lot of like, you know, a lot of people it's like under underutilized. I think like you can, I think that should kind of be a goal. Not that you have to like fucking like, the, the, I guess like the hardest part is, is like doing it without annoying anybody. Cause that's the worst. You know what I mean? Like there's even days and like, you know, let's say I'm fucking bored in quarantine and I get like, I drink too much wine and I start like tweeting everything I'm thinking for a couple hours. And the next day I'm like, man, I'm fucking people are probably sick of me, but <laughs> there's a smart way to go about it. And I think it's like a valuable tool to like help grow anything, whether it's like, you know, band, small business, fucking big business, like whatever you want to do. There's like, you know, there's a fucking, there's a, there's a market for it on Twitter. Right. That's why I love it so much. Cause it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, you can, it could be fun. It could be a tool. It could, you know, you could like fucking make a Twitter and use it solely to just like argue with people. People do that all the time. It's like, if that's, if that's filling that void for you, then like, Hey, fuck. Yeah. It's free, buddy. Hey, way to go. But it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fucking crazy how much, like how everything kind of revolves around it. And that's why I try to, I like at least try my best to, you know, like stay, stay at least like, you know, up to date with, that stuff. Like I try the other ones too. Like fucking like TikTok is huge, but it's like, dude, what the fuck am I going to do on TikTok? You know what I mean? Like, like I, I make like the funny Instagram story things. Like I like do that and make the jokes, but that's like all my friends that follow me anyway. Like TikTok, it's like, you know, I'm not like a fucking 19 year old, like fucking kid lip syncing and fucking, you know, doing funny videos in my parents' mansion. Like nobody wants to see <laughs> the 29 year old fucking screamo guy being like, Hey, look, me and my mom switched clothes. Like no one wants to see that. You know what I mean? So sometimes you just gotta, you gotta understand your, your, your age and your fan base and just go, well, I'll leave that one to the kids. I think I'll leave uh TikTok can be for the high schoolers and I'll, I'll stay on Twitter with the adults, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, a perfect example of how you've been able to kind of utilize that for marketing purposes and so forth is just literally you guys explaining your new hoodie design was just a text exchange, a screenshot of that. That was pretty much it. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's like, you know, and like that's, you know, that's that's it. Like it's just to the point. It's just kind of funny. And it, it all kind of goes back to what we were saying before, where it's like, you know, we're lucky enough to be in a position to where like we can kind of do whatever we want and whatever we think is cool. And we don't have to worry about like people being upset about it like years and years ago if we would have done that fucking upside down hoodie people would be like i can't fucking believe you like you treat your fans like shit like why would you put this out no as a joke like 
you know, like you're taking money from people. And now if someone does that, like, I don't even have to say anything because like a bunch of like hardcore counterparts fans just go in on the guy. Like you fucking idiot. It's a joke. It dipshit. Like, get a fucking sense of humor. Like, do you not know what banjo is thing too? And then I'm like, fuck, I didn't even have to lift a finger. <laughs> you know, I'm like, holy shit. Like the little minions, even after I don't have to do anything, but you know, it's, it's fucking, it's crazy. But you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky that both of my bands are, you know, although one is definitely more geared towards like, okay, let's, uh, let's make sure we can all afford to feed and clothe ourselves. But at the same time, they're both very like passion driven at the end of the day. Like nobody, you know, label manager or whatever, like no one can really tell me like, you have to fucking do this or else. Cause I'll just be like, fuck off. Like, no, I don't fuck you. You know? And I'm, I'm super like thankful for that. Cause you see it happen all the time with bands that get pushed around and shit. And then that's why these bands have like a fucking three year career. Cause they're like, this music industry sucks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it fucking sucks. It stinks the fucking worst but if you just if you just take little steps to make it more enjoyable for yourself suddenly being in a band for like touring for 11 years like we have doesn't seem that long so hopefully we got a hopefully we got a couple more out of us or at least i do anyway i don't really want a real job anytime soon but <laughs> we'll see well i think that's a good place to end this chat uh where can everyone find sure. you or any of the bands or anything you want to plug online um so my my twitter is brendan 905 b-r-e-n-d-a-n 905 instagram bjm 905 uh counterparts twitter counterparts 905 uh counterparts instagram counterparts band and only has instagram it's your fucking end and uh that's pretty much it. Easy to Facebook, find. Don't you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like I said, I don't, I don't really, no, true, I don't really yeah. go on Facebook too much. But, but, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, and in counterparts, we all have Facebook pages. But yeah, whatever. Just type it in the search bar, you'll find us. So that was my conversation with Brendan Murphy of End and Counterparts. We talked a little bit about Counterparts in there. Um, again, Splinters from an Ever Changing Face uh, is out this Friday, as of when you're hearing it on Closed Casket Activities. Uh, that label also, by the way, is doing great shit. They did really well with the uh, Casey Strain, It Comes in Waves, vinyl pre-orders and all that kind of stuff. So really cool to see the different variants and so forth that are coming out through these guys for this end record. Uh, I know I got my, my first uh, pressing uh, secured a long time ago, and I'm just now waiting for it to show up. But it's uh, this record is really great. Um, if you aren't a fan of this band or don't know much about them or haven't heard any of the new songs, uh, go check it out. This is a record in the traditional sense of you can't just play a song. Um, and I think when you, if you get it on vinyl, will be a very immersive experience. The way that they have samples kind of running through throughout the whole record kind of gives it a, a narrative and a theme, um, you know, as we discussed with Brendan, and is one of those things where it just creates a full listening experience. And by the time it's done, and if you're not listening to it on a record and it just repeats, you just kind of keep getting sucked into it. Uh, it's almost like a, a, what are those, undertoes, where they just kind of keep, you know, going over you and bringing you back in and you just can't get out. Is that why that Tool album's called Undertow? I don't know. Am I thinking of the right term? Or is it a Yeah, no, no. You you are. No, no, no. Undertoes it, where it just keeps pulling you under. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I throw out words and I'm like, am I using that right? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... Uh Dan actually brought up something when we were kind of talking about doing this episode tonight uh, that he thought was interesting, uh, which was, you know, speaking to Brendan being the vocalist of two different bands and given how diversely different they are uh, on the spectrums of heavy, I'll say at least, uh, that I... I thought something was kind of interesting about it, but it wasn't until Dan basically reiterated my, my sentiment, uh, which was what? Well, basically just that, you know, he'd said like, he, 
is almost a different person when he's you know leading whenever he's fronting end versus counterparts and he's like yeah I, I would say stuff on stage for for end that I would never say on stage with counterparts because I wouldn't want fans to feel like I was making fun of them he's like because I know we have like a bunch of Christian fans and stuff and uh, and I just asked John I was like is that a thing with counterparts because I never I never got that vibe that they were like appealing to that market but I mean I guess I mean I could I, I could kind of see it that a lot of ba- a lot of people that listen to Christian bands or whatever probably are into counterparts and see what's funny is i kind of had forgotten to ask you about that because i was like i like counterparts but i mean more or less like brendan makes a joke we're basically just a misery signals ripoff <laughs> so i love to me, that it's yeah. like so to me it was just like well i mean yeah and i love misery signals so i mean obviously that's why i love counterparts um right which, by the way that new misery signal song whoo so good yeah dude i gotta put some uh Gotta put some sunscreen on before I listen to that one. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it was. I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, are they kind of in that scene? Were they a part of that scene at any point? And I, I mean, sometimes with a lot of that stuff, like you know, I know we've you and I on this show have kind of discussed, like you know, is being a Christian band when you're not or whatever a big deal or you know just kind of like is it hard to break out of that scene once you are somewhat associated with it? And was one of those things like, I've, I've never associated counterparts with that scene at all. You know, they weren't a solid state band or a tooth and nail band. They didn't, haven't really toured with a ton of solid state or tooth and nail bands that I can think of off the top of my head. If anything, they tour with a lot more like heavier secular bands. August um, Burns Red, I think they toured with, but even even August Burns Red is kind of like one of those bands that I mean they came out of Solid State, but I don't think that they were ever really overtly uh, religious either. Um, or if they were, it was probably like really early on. Yeah. Um, which Four is kind of the, ago. yeah. Which is kind of the I mean kind of the kind of the trend with that. I, I don't mean to derail the conversation into that, but I just thought that was an interesting. Um, I thought that was just an interesting point that he brought up and, and something that I didn't even think that bands that weren't associated with that scene even thought about. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's why I said, like, when he said that, I kind of was like, huh, and, and thought it was interesting. And then when I listened back to edit the, the chat down, I was like, oh, I'll have to ask Dan about that because, you know, that's that's <laughs> sad to say this because, uh, you know, in light of... I know, your, it's my department. But, I was to say, in one of your most recent episodes on discography discussion, you're like, oh, everyone just assumes, you know, I'm the Christian metal guy. And it's like, well, I mean... Yeah, kind of you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I've definitely backed myself into that corner um, a few times. Um, but, I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm not, like, super upset about it, but, like, it's definitely, um, like, it's fine. Like, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, who even who even cares? Um, all of that aside, uh, this conversation ran a little bit long, so let's uh, wrap it up. Pre-orders are still live as of when we're doing this. Uh, you have about five days uh, to still pre-order the new record splinters from an ever-changing face out June 5th via closed casket activities. Uh, so if you want to follow the band, uh, it's pretty simple. Facebook, listen to end. Instagram, at your fucking end. Uh, if you could like to keep up with Brendan, Facebook, Twitter, Brendan905. Uh, counterparts, whatever. They're probably in one of the bios of his, so click on that if you want to find them. This wasn't a Counterparts interview, so I'm not going to plug Counterparts. Uh, it's all about end, and that's why we got Brendan on to talk about it. You showed and, them. Uh, yeah, that's right, I did. And uh, Dan will tell you where he can be found, uh, plugging, you know, 
all kinds of Christian wares uh, wherever he is. Yeah, so you guys ever heard of Testaments? Uh, they are everybody's favorite brand of mints, but with a positive message. No, but I can actually be found on Facebook under Daniel Terry. I can be found on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. You can be found on Gmail at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com. Uh, I have two other shows, Discography Discussion and Discuss Metal. Uh, you can find those at DiscussMetal.com. Trying to see if there's anything I left out. I don't. I don't think there's anything I left out. I think that's pretty much where I can be found. I can also be found in my house um, most of the time, except for when I'm at work. So you know, we th- 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 there's ways to get to me. Just come at me. Come at me, bro. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, simple enough, Bruce Speak Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check us out on YouTube uh, if that's an easier method for you to listen to these shows. Sometimes there are videos of some of the in-persons we've done. And lately, that's where we've been posting our Instagram lives if uh, my phone will cooperate in recording them. Um, so check, go check those out. We have a couple of Instagram lives that have already happened as of when you're going to hear this. Uh, I'm hoping we're still going to be doing them. Uh, they've been a lot of fun. And uh, Brendan said he would do one. So maybe when this comes out, he will hear this and feel bad for me that I've been pestering him uh, to come on and do an Instagram live. And worst case, he could just troll my horrible hair. One of these days, dude, I am going to swallow my pride and pick up my phone and just do an Instagram thing. Yeah, I mean, I I have a face for like fucking not even radio. I have a a face for like time capsules. There it is. Um, I don't even know what that means, but... It's a, it's a thing. And another thing is our awesome sponsors. That is a segue for those of you who listen to podcasts. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, the best one. Huge. Um, but anyway, uh, our sponsors, they have been really awesome in staying with us during all of this craziness. Uh, so we would love to have you support them if you are able to during these times as well. Uh, so let's start off with the Bean Bastard. Uh, I drank a nitro coffee beer. I kind of wish the Bean Bastard would have maybe been the beans that they use for this beer. Probably would have tasted a little bit better. Um, sorry, uh, Boulevard Brewing. Um, there's your fair trade. <laughs> so fair. Uh, Yes, uh, but local local company out of Buffalo, New York, uh, two-man operation, they have been doing really great things in their local area, donating coffee to hospitals and other essential workers and so forth. Uh, so head on over to TheBeanBastard.com, get you some delicious coffee, Facebook and Instagram at TheBeanBastard, On Point Palmade, keep your hair and beard looking great during this pandemic if you are able to do such, uh, mine is in no shape to be helped at this point but rest assured as soon as i can go to a, a salon or somewhere and get my hair cut uh i will be using my on point pomade go to onpointpalmade.com, use our code bsp15 and get 15 percent off your total purchase order and lastly but not leastly is rockabilia.com they have over 500,000 items in their online store between all kinds of different bands pop culture things and you never have to worry about the integrity of the garments that you're getting is 100% licensed and guaranteed so you're not only supporting rockabilia you're not only supporting this podcast but the money goes some of the money goes back to the bands themselves so it's a win 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 situation and if you're a first time user you'll see an ad pop up that says uh, 10% off uh, just follow that link get 10% off support rockabilia for supporting us and lastly want to shout out tom smith again to the case of strain for writing our intro music uh he is obviously not touring uh the case of strain have been putting out some eps uh if you are able to support them go ahead and do that more importantly and more to tom uh he is writing jingles he is writing he's writing music he's writing jingles he's mixing editing podcast songs whatever uh if you are interested in having him do anything for you hit him up on instagram at t smith 678 and uh, let them know that we sent you, and uh, I can definitely say that you heard the music. 
The results speak for themselves. Quick turnaround and reasonable rates. Uh, so go support him uh, in this time uh, where he is willing to, to do some work for you. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time. <laughs>